Betsy, dear. Yes, Kermit. But on the radio. Whatever for? Carl Anderson is on, and I quite like the fellow. Are you attracted to him? Carl Anderson will fight on. Whatever the cause may be, we shall never surrender. Live from a secret location that's not secretive. Carl Anderson. Live from the 680 CJOB studios, here's Hal Anderson. Yes, the palatial studios of CJOB. Happy Wednesday, Winnipeg. Hello, Manitoba. It is Hal Anderson in the air chair here at the mighty 680 CJOB. We have a big show coming up here for you today, and I'm very excited. Starting uh, very soon here, I get to talk about something special. And you're going to want to hear about this. I'm excited. Can you hear it? My voice, I'm excited today. Uh, Coming up on the show, uh, let's uh, first of all tell you what we have coming up. Uh, Tough trivia. We're going to start the show with tough trivia in about 10 minutes here. Your chance to win some Santa Lucia pizza. Yesterday we had David Kimon from Best Sleep Center talking about how ransomware uh, hacked into his server over at Best Sleep Center. And he ended up paying a couple thousand dollars to kind of get access back to his server. And it's been a big story uh, online at uh, CGOB.com and here on CGOB and on on uh, global television as well. And we're going to talk at uh, after the news at 1.30 with David Horton. He is kind of an internet expert, a tech expert, I guess. Uh, we'll get into his... Uh, credentials and talk to David and uh, try and give you more information today about protecting yourself from maybe ransomware getting you. As you heard in the news there, Amber McGookin, Global News reporter Amber McGookin down in Fargo for that Trump rally tonight. We'll talk to Amber in just over half an hour from now. Right off the news at 2, we're going to talk about frugal or cheap. I've been teeing this up for two days. I keep running out of time. Not today. I have made a special spot for it right after the news at 2. We're going to talk about frugal or cheap. I think I'm frugal. But I look closer at some of the uh, examples. They talked to 2,000 people about what's frugal and what's cheap. And as I looked at some of these examples, and I'll share them with you after the news at 2, Maybe I'm more cheap than frugal. I thought I was frugal, uh, but I think I might be more cheap than frugal. Frugal is when somebody goes, hey, that's a good idea. That's smart. You're saving a couple of bucks. That's Cheap is when it comes off as cheap. Oh, you're cheap, right? Frugal or cheap, we'll talk about it after the news at 2. 2.15-ish, the sports doctor Dave Patrician will be here. I want to talk uh, football, both soccer and uh, bomber football. Um, we're also uh, going to talk about, uh, well, the sports doctor. We'll talk about sports with Dave Patrician. The uh, president of Canadian Public Affairs at Ipsos, Mike College, will join us after the news at 2.30. There is a new cyberbullying study out that we want to talk about. And... Uh, Kathy Kennedy in for Jeff Courier before this show talked with Historica about this survey. Apparently Canadians, not great at our history. And Greg Shedden is a teacher over at Sisler High School. He'll join me at about 2.45 this afternoon uh, to talk about that. I don't know. When I went to school, um, I had one teacher, uh, Grant Johnson. He taught me a few things. He taught me physics in high school. He also taught me history. And I liked him. So I enjoyed his classes. I enjoyed physics much more. But he, I had no, no interest in history, but I liked him, and so I enjoyed his history class, if that makes sense. And let's face it, 
and maybe this is a stereotype and not the case, but I don't think our history is as exciting as, say, American history. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Probably am wrong on that. Maybe I just didn't learn much Canadian history because I think we just sort of automatically learn about American history as we go along and we learn about less Canadian history in schools. I don't know. Just a thought. And uh, Jeff Forche, the producer of this show, jump on for a second. So I've got you in there producing the show. Yes, sure do. I've got um, uh, Tristan Field-Jones doing the news. And I have an intern here. This is uh, Eric, the intern. Hello, Eric. Yes, hello. How are you? I'm doing great today. Excellent. From Herzing. Yep. Isn't Bev fantastic? She's awesome. Yes, Just the she best. is. You guys have a great instructor in Bev over there. For sure. Yeah. And uh, I get you for the day today. Yep. Wow. And are you just here to learn or do you want, do you want a job? Well, I'd like a job. You would like a job? <laughs> yeah. you, did a, you did a fine job the other day. You took a, a microphone and a recorder, and you went and covered a few things and came back with good audio. And Definitely. Yeah. Did my best out there. Right. What do you want to do in your broadcasting career when you're done school? Well, I hope to get into sports, really. Ah, yeah. yes. All the young guys want to do sports. Yeah. Yes. What is your favorite sport? Football. Football. For sure. Like, like uh, bomber football or soccer football? Bomber football. Bomber yes. football. What do you think of this kid, Strevler? Pretty impressive, eh? Pretty great, yeah. Wow. Yes. I am blown away by this guy. It's it's interesting. The Bombers now are kind of, you know, whoa, whoa, you know, let's uh, let's not get, uh, you know, he was one of the players of the week in the CFL. And I, I get it. You know, you, you've got a, a big quarterback in Matt Nichols coming back, and the kid's great, but you don't want to be, uh, you know, you don't want to overdo the praise, but it's tough not to be excited. The kid's playing really well. I can't wait to see what he does uh, this Friday. Yes. Of course, you'll be uh, pushing the buttons as you usually here. are for the Bomber game. Uh, and the Ticats, a much better team this year, too. It'll be a good game. Knocked Exciting. off Edmonton the other night, so we'll see how uh, the Bombers, led by Strebler, uh, do against uh, against the Ticats. All right, so Eric, I'll, I'll let you know if I need anything. Perfect. Do you get coffee? I, I can try my best. Do you do, you do windows? Yeah. Oh, okay. For sure. All right. Well, we're going to get along just fine. Let's take a break here. 111 at CJOB. We'll be right back. Let's do some tough trivia here. Your chance to win a Santa Lucia gift certificate. All you've got to do is answer the question. Here it is. Given the choice, most of us would prefer a red one of these. Hmm. Given a choice, most of us would prefer a red one of these. 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. Given a choice, a majority of us would prefer a red one of these. Could be anything, but I kind of have a feeling this might not take too long. We'll see. Hello, have you got a guess? A uh, car. A red car. Love red cars. Yeah. No, not the uh, correct answer. Sorry. Hi, CJOB. Yeah, it's a car. It is not a car. We just had that guess. Not the correct answer. Sorry. Hi, CGOB. Well, I was going to go car, so I'll have to say a red nose. <laughs> <laughs> no, not a red nose. Hi, CGOB. Hi. Hi. Red what? A red lifesaver. Ah, red lifesaver. No, but you are warmer. You are warmer, closer to the correct answer than the guys that said car. I will tell you that, okay? Okay, all right. All thank right. You. Let's go to another line here. CJOB, hello. Uh, the apple. 
Not an oh. apple. No. Thank you for calling. Hi, CJOB. Hi, potato. No, not a no. potato, although I love red potatoes. Hi, CJOB. A smarty. No, but again, you are warmer than the others. So call back with another guest. Hi, CJOB. Hi, how are you? I'm pretty good today, you. Good, good. Good. Would it be an M&M? It is not an M&M, but again, you're on the right track. Keep going there. Hi, CJOB. Hi, have you answered the question yet? Not the correct answer yet, no. All right, may I guess? Yes, please. Six, is it Smarties, Red Smarties? It is not Red Smarties, no. Given the choice, most of us would prefer a red one of these. A red one of what? Hello, CJOB. Hello? Yes, what is your guess? Um, uh, oh, sorry, I forgot what it was. Oh, no. I'll tell you what, I feel bad. <laughs> no, it was a sucker. It was a sucker. Oh, no, not the correct answer. Not a sucker. Hi, CJOB. Lollipop. Not a lollipop. No, you guys are all around it, though. Somebody's going to get it here pretty soon. Hi, CJOB. Would it be a pepper? Not a red pepper, no. Hi, CJOB. Red tomatoes. Not red tomatoes. No, go back to the candies. Oh, did I just give you a good hint? Darn it. Hi, CJOB. Hi. Hi, what's your guess? Jelly bean. Given the choice, most of us would prefer a red jelly bean. Yes, fantastic. What is your name? Anne. Anne, you're going to Santa Lucia Pizza. That's great. Mm-hmm. I'll put you on hold here. Jeff Forci is going to get you signed up for it, okay? Okay, good. All right. Excellent. Yes. Red jelly bean, apparently. If somebody said, what color would you like? We would, most of us, say, I'll take the red one. Uh, I don't know if you heard it or not. You may have been uh, just tuning in recently here, but Kathy and Kennedy and I were sort of talking about the mayor's race and uh, Portage in Maine, and I got uh, a text message uh, from somebody here, 204-780-6868, that uh, I wanted to read. Uh, let me make sure I get the right, uh, yeah, Portage and Maine. And I, I said I would like to see something done at that corner. I don't know if you open it up for pedestrians or not, but I, I agree something I think should be done at that corner. It's the, probably the most famous intersection, Portage and Maine, in the entire country, right? Uh, the texter says, how? What about setting up a giant movie screen, like a piece of art, and play on rotation all the movie reels of the 50s to the 70s of people trying to cross that corner? <laughs> then, once a year, say in January, hold a contest during a real windy day to see who can cross the iconic corner again. Yeah, I understand and hear the complaints about opening up Portage and Maine to pedestrians. Um, listen, I am trusting in Mayor Bowman and his people that they have looked into this and that it's possible and that nobody will get hurt. I know a lot of you don't agree with that, um, but I'm going to hope that they've checked it out and they think that that is certainly possible. But if somebody comes to Winnipeg, and they want to check out Portage and Maine, the coldest corner in Canada. Uh, Kathy Kennedy read an email from a woman, and that woman's absolutely right. You can't. Where do you get the? There's not even a. There's not even like a placard or a sign or something where you can get your picture taken. You know that you're at the coldest corner in Canada, Portage and Maine. 
So I, I definitely think we should do something with the corner. Do we spend millions opening it up to pedestrians? Hmm. I don't know, but I, I do think that we should do something. Uh, here's another one. Hal, why don't you open up Portage and Maine, set up a, a staple Winnipeg restaurant in uh, each corner? Yeah, food's a, food's a big deal. Good way to, you know, well, you got highs on the one corner already. So keep the ideas coming for Portage and Maine, 204 780 6868. And Hal at CJOB.com. Uh, Mike says, uh, Hal, uh, Mike here. I don't have a problem with him opening up the corner of Portage and Maine, just to have a problem with the $14 million price tag. Yeah, I, I, I think a lot of people are in the boat with you, Mike, on that. I think probably you're right on that. And, and not that $14 million in the big picture is a big amount of money, but I think people worry that it's going to be more than that, whatever the price tag is. It's going to be more, as so many of our projects here in, in Winnipeg, uh, you know, they always end up costing more than what they were supposed to cost. And then I think the other thing is, even though $14 million in the big picture is not a ton of money, I think people are saying, yeah, but that $14 million could be spent better elsewhere. So thanks for the text message, Mike. Thank you, others, for the uh, text messages, 204-780-6868, hal at cjob.com. If you want to talk about Portage and Maine today or the mayor's race. Kathy Kennedy was telling me several people have called in, texted in, and emailed in saying, Hal for mayor. (laughs) So, uh, you know, who would you like to see run against Bowman? I think at this point, it's it's Bowman's race, right? But maybe it'll get more interesting. I think it's going to be somebody high profile, and uh, we'll see if that happens. Coming up, yesterday, if you listened to the show, you heard David Keane from Best Sleep Center on. And uh, the story got a lot of attention. Uh, Basically, his server was hacked. He was hit with ransomware. They said, give us $2,000. Well, they said, give us $6,000. And David gave them $2,000. They released his server. And this is happening more and more all the time. And so right after the news here at 1.30, David Horton will join us. Um, this guy's uh, Interfusion Media here in Winnipeg, and he's a tech expert, but he knows a lot about the dark side of the internet. And we'll talk to David about how you can protect yourself. You know, I was sitting in the newsroom this morning, and somebody called in, gentleman called in, uh, owns a business, didn't really want to have his name on the air, but told us that exact same thing happened to me. Ransomware, they hacked my server, the whole deal. So it's happening out there, and it's happening here in Winnipeg and in Manitoba. So hopefully we can get some good advice for you from David Horton after the 130 News, which is next here on CJOB. Thank you very much, TFJ. All right, so yesterday on the show, David Keene was on from Best Sleep Center. And uh, David told the story of how the server at his business was hacked. Ransomware. Uh, but he got access to his server back. Here's a bit of the story from yesterday's show, David Keem. I, I used some very interesting techniques, in my opinion. You know, I told him about Christ. I told him that he had to have honor among thieves and that if I gave him this money, he had to give it to me and that he should be concerned about uh, the employee that he was causing the problem for. 
And uh, he said, well, you know, I have to give your proposal to my boss. And then he came back and he said, well, my boss gives a lot of this money to children, you know. Like, we're, we live in a poor country, and we give a lot of this money to poor children. And I said, well, we give a lot of money to poor children, too. Yeah. And uh, I said, you know what, I can rebuild most of this. Um, it's very inconvenient, but I got two grand. Hmm. So in the end, he accepted the two grand. And David got access back to his server, and uh, they were down for about a week. They worked on paper over at Best Sleep Center for about a week earlier on this month. And joining us on the phone now to talk more, not so much about what happened to Best Sleep Center and, and David Keene, that story's been told now, but how you can maybe protect yourself from this happening to you or your business, as I was saying, we like, call in the newsroom this morning from a gentleman uh, owns a business in town. Same thing happened to him. And uh, David Horton is on the phone now from Interfusion Media. Hi, David. Good afternoon. Hey, how are you? Great. Thank you for doing this. Hey, um, uh, we just uh, quickly chatted about this by email. Uh, you've got Interfusion Media, but there's some cool new stuff happening with you. Tell us about it. We've uh, uh, So on a side note, we've decided to create a brand new company called uh, Integration AV here in Winnipeg, and we got together with some of our competitors, and we all decided that uh, it's better to work together and uh, provide our customers with better service. So one of our sections will be related to this uh, this area we're talking about today. Sort of consulting on, on issues just like this. Absolutely. Hmm. Okay, uh, I was saying earlier you know all about the dark side of the web. You're not just a expert. We talk to experts all the time. Um, maybe talk about this. Ransomware is happening more and more. How do people, how do businesses protect themselves? Well, first thing is not to pay anything. Interesting. Um, do not pay. Do not use Bitcoin. Um, don't give them any personal information. Uh, the minute you give them that information, uh, it's it's pretty much all over with everything else that they're uh, they're looking for. Can I ask you um, a question before you go, go on? Ahead. Because I have heard this from other experts. Some say don't pay. Others say you gotta pay. Why do you say don't pay? Um, keep your uh, systems up to date, and uh, you know you you can actually get your systems back really quickly um, if you have proper backups of um, you know all your uh, information. Um, normally, these people come in through emails. Um, to uh, uh, what do you call it? They ask for the information, or you click on a link, thinking that it might be from your bank or it might be from uh, someone that you trust. And next thing you know, they have access into the back door of your server. Um, I find that uh, if you clean out the cookies in your system on your computer, uh, that's where it stores the information that the uh, uh, web attacker is coming after you. You can actually gain access back into your system right away. Um, and this, of course, has happened to me many times. But obviously you need help from somebody like you in order to do that, right? Or at least just understanding what the level of the attack is. Mm -hmm. um, so what do we look for? You said that they, they come through email. What, what do we look for as we're looking through our emails? What are we supposed to be looking for as, as kind of a warning that, oh, this email might be a little sketchy? Well, if you didn't ask for the email to begin with, uh, that's your first red flag. Um, why is this information coming in? Um, who is it from? Is it an advertiser that I was looking at online and I wanted to have this information come to me? Um, why, uh, uh, you know, 
that's kind of your your first red flag anyway on that level. Um, there's people called fishers out there, and so they scour the internet looking for um, uh, exploits, say in your your server or your information, um, to try and uh, get onto your server to begin with. Uh, there's a lot of um, people phoning in and saying, hey, you have uh, an issue with your computer, um, or this is Microsoft when it really isn't Microsoft, uh, and can you please load this software onto your computer? So the best thing is not to do that at all, um, and just very politely hang up and carry on. And so through the emails, uh, again, it's just awareness. Uh, why is that information coming in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just don't fall for, yeah, why is this email even asking me for this? I haven't dealt with these people or or, or whatever, right? Right. Yeah. And uh, I guess, you know, simple basic stuff that we all should know, strong password, change it right. often, what else? Um, so, again, I can't uh, stress enough, do not give out personal information, um, on emails or, uh, you know, phone calls, text messages, instant message, know who you're talking to. Um, uh, other things, uh, use a reputable uh, antivirus software. Um, a lot of these people are making a lot of money by putting up uh, information online saying, um, we protect against uh, ransomware. Um, and so the first thing you're going to do if you have an attack is you're going to look online and you're going to look for something. And unless it's a reputable company, you might be actually signing up to one of these companies. Right. And then you're you're done. Yeah. And ransomware, as I said, we're hearing more and more about that all the time. What else is out there? It seems like there's always something new. Every three or four months, there's a new warning about something. Well, there's another term out there called malware. And malware is a type of advertising uh, system that's designed to do exactly the same thing as ransomware. Get your information and then get onto your uh, your server one way or another, usually through email. Mm-hmm. So Interfusion Media is still around with David Horton. What's the new company called, David? It's called Integration AV. Okay. And you'll, uh, you'll all hear about it very soon, coming up in the next uh, week or so. Uh, but yes, uh, Interfusion Media is still around, and we're still doing everything that uh, yeah. we do very well in the community. Cool. Well, listen, David, I appreciate your help on this. Thanks a lot. Thank you. David Thank Horton you. joining us uh, by phone here today on ransomware, malware. Uh, David saying, don't pay. And if you come to an expert like me, we can get your uh, information back. We can get you back in. So... An interesting, uh, an interesting uh, perspective from David Horton here on the show today. Let's take a break. 1.40, 20-2. Amber McGookin is in Fargo getting ready for that Trump rally. And there's some other Trump news today. We'll get into that in just a minute. Hal Anderson on CJOB. Unmistakably, the Russian national anthem, the Ruskies. Apparently, Vladimir Putin, their leader, will meet with President Donald Trump. Yes, an advisor to Vladimir Putin says 
there will be a summit. The Putin advisor says an agreement on a summit between the two leaders came as Trump National Security Advisor John Bolton visited Russia. It's great to be back in Moscow. Where he met with Putin, who noted through an interpreter U.S.-Russia relations are at a low and hoped the visit would mark the first steps toward improving them. Russia has never been seeking confrontation. The Kremlin says a date and place for the summit will be announced tomorrow. Vienna, Austria has been mentioned as a potential site. Sagar Magani, Washington. All right, and with more on this possible summit, this U.S.-Russia summit, CNN's Michelle Kaczynski, this is how she is reporting it on CNN. John Bolton meeting with Vladimir Putin today, and now it looks like this summit will happen between Putin and Trump. Well, we're expecting to hear all of the details tomorrow. Not today, even though the National Security Advisor John Bolton is giving a press conference today. So we don't know what exactly he'll say about a summit. That's something that we'll be watching. But we know that this has been in, in the works for a long time. There are a couple of possibilities that we're hearing from sources here. One, that it could be July 10th before the president goes to the NATO summit and meets with some of the U.S.'s closest allies. That's raising some eyebrows among those allies, wondering why he wants to sit down with Putin first. But it could be a scheduling issue because the World Cup is also going on in Russia. But another possibility is just after the NATO summit. Uh, we think that there's a, there's a strong likelihood it will be in Helsinki, Finland, and not in Vienna, which has also been floated. Why is that? Uh, well, we know that the U.S. preferred Helsinki, according to our sources, uh, but it could also be convenience just because the, the fly, flying time is going to be shorter uh, so that the president can then go on to NATO uh, and it'll be a quick trip uh, for Vladimir Putin as well. But we also know that there are people within the State Department and the White House who, who aren't really sure what could come out of a Trump-Putin summit, what, what really the goals would be other than a meet and greet. But these sources also say that it's been the president who's really been pushing for this. And part of that is because he, he loved the attention from the summit he had with North Korea's Kim Jong-un. And he wants a similar eyes of the world moment uh, and to try to further this relationship. I will say the, that John Bolton meeting with Putin is really interesting today because he's been so tough on Russia in the past, calling for you know stronger punishments, calling Russian meddling in the election an act of war. So there could be a good cop, bad cop thing going on here where he lays the groundwork um, so that the relationship can improve once Putin and Trump, we expect, do sit down together. CNN's Michelle Kaczynski on this possible, although it looks like likely, summit between Vladimir Putin and Donald Trump at some point soon. And sure, Donald loved the uh, attention that he got with his summit with Kim Jong-un, and so why not have one with Vlad, with his buddy uh, Vlad? So we'll see what happens with that. Um, other breaking news today in the U.S. involving Donald Trump, uh, Justice Anthony Kennedy retiring from the U.S. Supreme Court, and that's a big deal because now Trump gets to bring in another Supreme Court justice, right? Big deal. The Republicans control all three uh, areas of government. And so they get to get another conservative justice on the Supreme Court. Uh, Donald Trump is actually, he's going to Fargo tonight. We're going to talk to Amber McGookin about that in just a moment. But uh, he is uh, speaking to reporters at the White House. Let's take a bit of this, see what he's talking about right now. Immigration bill, like everybody does, like you're talking and everybody talks about immigration. Now, I think more than ever before, 
Uh, I, I told them a few hours ago, I said, look, pass something or come back with something that would be a derivation, but get something you want. The problem we have is we need Democratic votes in the Senate. And that's why I don't get overly excited with the House bill right now, because it's not going to pass in the Senate. You're not going to get you're not going to get the Democrats to vote for anything. If we gave them 100 percent of what they wanted and then doubled it, they still wouldn't pass it because they think it's a good election point. I, I think it's good for us because I think strong borders. I don't even know how you feel about that, but I think strong borders and no crime is that's us. And I think that's going to be a great election point for us. So uh, I, I told them two hours ago, I said, you know, do what you want. And ultimately, we'll come to something. And perhaps it'll be after the election. Maybe it'll be before. But as of this moment, Democrats are not going to vote for anything because they really are resisting or obstructing. OK, thank you very much. Well, I think we'll be talking about Syria. I think we'll be talking about Ukraine. I think we'll be talking about uh, many other subjects, and we'll see what happens. So you never know. You never know about meetings, what happens, right? But I think a lot of good things can come with meetings with people. We had great meetings with President Xi of China. We have every place I've been, uh, we have had great meetings. So uh, maybe something positive will come out of it. Well, so you want to get aggressive challenger to beat Joe Crowley, that young woman from New York. All right, we'll, uh, we'll end it there. Uh, he's into uh, uh, more uh, uh, politics that I think most of us don't really care about. But he did say there, that last question he answered, saying that uh, when he meets with Putin, he'll talk about Syria. He'll talk about Ukraine. And uh, that's Donald Trump at the White House. Now... He's going to hop on a plane at some point soon because he has to be very close to us in, I don't know, four or five hours. Global News reporter Amber Magookan joins us on the phone now. Good afternoon, Amber. Hello, how are you? How are things in Fargo? They're good. The weather is nice. We're trying to get a sense of people getting ready for this rally starting at 7 with President Donald Trump. Yes. Wow, you got a... An interesting gig, I guess. I won't say a fun gig. I'll say it may be interesting because, of course, Donald Trump, not crazy about reporters. He may reference you in the room tonight at that rally as, you know, the fake news media. We'll have to see. <laughs> I guess so. Well, hopefully <laughs> he doesn't look our way. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you're in Fargo. Obviously, you're going to be talking to people. Are you going to be talking to people about what? And, of course, we'll hear more at 6 o'clock on television tonight. But give us a sense of what you're doing this afternoon in Fargo getting ready for this rally tonight. Yeah, so we're going to be talking to people about some issues, uh, specifically some that affect Canadians. So we're going to talk trade. Uh, we're, we're learning a little bit about how people in North Dakota feel about this. So um, one thing that's pretty interesting is North Dakota has Canada as their biggest trading partner. So 87% of exports are going to Canada, and that's making up more than $4 billion in trade going north. But the state is also, you know, a pretty big Trump-supporting state. You know, back in 2016, 64% of votes went to Trump. So we're trying to get a sense of how people feel about how he's been doing lately. So they voted for him, but also how are these recent issues impacting them and how they feel about their president. Um, we're also, there's a couple bigger issues that have popped up recently, of course, the travel ban, which came through the Supreme Court yesterday, and the current version of the travel ban prohibits people from seven countries, Iran, Libya, Somalia, Syria, North Korea, Venezuela. So we're trying to see how people feel about those issues as well. But 
specifically some of the more bigger issues impacting Canadians like trade. Yeah, so a lot of the people you talked to there this afternoon may very well be Torin. They're Trump supporters, or they very likely could be Trump supporters, but yet at the same time, they rely big time on trade with Canada, something Donald Trump uh, isn't crazy about. Yeah, and even when I went to Grand Forks a few weeks ago, that was something that I was hearing from people. They're feeling a little torn. They really were big supporters, but now they're feeling, okay, well, these issues are going to impact my own pocketbook. So how do I feel about him now? So once the issues start to impact them personally, I think they're starting to feel um, they're, they're changing their opinions or are seeing him in a different light. But I, it's hard to know who, if there's, I'm sure there's still quite a few diehard Trump fans out there. So we're going to try to catch up with a few of them, see why they're at the rally tonight and what they're hoping to hear from him. Hey, Amber, when you were in Grand Forks uh, recently, did you talk to any Canadians that were maybe reluctant about going across the border for various reasons? That's one of the things that we're kind of talking about on CJOB today. You know, people are saying, you know what, maybe I'm not going to go to the States and support uh, that country and, uh, you know, that government, the Trump administration for some of the things that they're doing, especially when it comes to trade with Canada. Yeah, you know, we didn't have a chance to talk to any Canadians over there. We actually didn't see too many license plates at the time. But um, what we had been hearing from people in Grand Forks at the time and what we're still hearing is that the, the one of the biggest things to turn Canadians is actually the dollar and the exchange rate. So, right. you know, when your dollar doesn't go as far at the mall, it's something that they're seeing. And also when you go to the mall, a lot of the stores is just shut down. It's not the same as it used to be. I think there's just one uh, restaurant in the food court now. So mm. I, I think there has been effects of Canadians not going across. I think a lot of people have different reasons for why they're not going across. But from what people were from people in the community, they were saying a lot of it, they believe it has to do with the, with the low Canadian dollar. Amber, thanks for doing this, and uh, we'll watch for your package at 6 o'clock tonight, and, of course, you'll be down there. Donald Trump rally at 7. Thanks a lot. Yes, thanks. Bye-bye. Global News reporter Amber McGookin in Fargo. You'll hear more from her as we go along here this afternoon into this evening on CJOB, and she will report on Global News Television at 6 o'clock tonight. Brad just sent a text, 204 780 6868. Hal, nice cooling thunderstorm in Elm Creek heading for the city. So we definitely uh, have a shower or two out there. But the forecast is uh, actually looking pretty nice. It looks like we're going to see pretty much nothing but sunshine this afternoon and uh, tomorrow. But Friday is looking kind of wet. Periods of rain. Full forecast details on the way in the news with Tristan Field-Jones here at 2 o'clock in just a few minutes. And as promised... After two, we are going to talk about the difference between frugal and cheap. There's a difference. I kind of thought I was frugal. Now I'm thinking maybe I'm cheap. They talked to 2,000 people. New study. The difference between frugal and cheap coming up after the news. Hal Anderson, afternoons. Today is happy birthday to you day. And uh, the reason is... That on this day in 1859, Mildred Hill, a school teacher and composer of the medley uh, melody to Happy Birthday to You, was born on this day in 1859. Mildred Hill, that's why it's Happy Birthday to You Day. 
It is Decide to be Married Day, Industrial Workers of the World Day, Micro, Small, and Medium-Sized Enterprises Day, HIV Testing Day, Parchment Cooking Day, PTSD Awareness Day, Sunglasses Day, and Windjammer Day. Speaking of marriage, because it's Decided to be Married Day. I got a, got a great text message here um, from, uh, oh, no name on it. Uh, it says, Hal, did you know that there's a difference between complete and finished? When you marry the right woman, you're complete. If you marry the wrong one, you're finished. If you marry a woman that likes to shop, you're completely finished. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Thank you very much. That put a smile on my face. All right. Frugal and cheap. Speaking of shopping, I have always said that I am uh, frugal. But now after looking more closely, and for the last couple of days I've been saying we're going to talk about this, but now looking at this a little more closely uh, today, I, I may be cheap. I'm certainly a mix of the two. Here's the story. A new study, as of a couple of days ago, looked at 2,000 people. And this study found that an incredible 92% of us consider frugality to be an attractive quality in a partner or potential partner. So if somebody we're interested in or the person we're with, if they're frugal, we like that. That's, a, that's an attractive quality. And this includes former dating faux pas, such as using a coupon on a first date. 79% of these 2,000 people consider that to be perfectly acceptable these days. And I know in the past... That would have been a big no-no. That would have been a, a dating faux pas, as I said. But now, apparently it's fine. And speaking of fine, there is a fine line between being cheap and being frugal. Knowing where that line is can be tricky. So these 2,000 people they talk to, like I said, 92% of us consider frugality an attractive quality in a partner or potential partner. Let me uh, give you some examples here. Jeff Forte, turn on your microphone, producer of the show. Eric, what is your last name, by the way, Eric? What, what is it? Stevenson. Eric is a uh, Herzing uh, intern, and he's uh, with me here today. So I'll throw these out, and you guys either say cheap or frugal, okay? Oh, Sounds I'm going to do terrible at the this. The answer is either cheap or frugal, <laughs> all right? Not leaving a tip at all regardless of service. Cheap. So you, cheap. you don't That's leave any cheap. tip at all regardless of service. That's cheap. You're right. 75% say that is cheap. Yeah, that's an obvious one. Uh, reusing tea bags or coffee filters. Uh, cheap or frugal? I want to say cheap, but... I'm going to go with cheap, too. Yeah, that... I don't know. Like, yeah, you know, I'm going to go with cheap. That's cheap, yeah. Okay, 60%, <laughs> 60% say that's cheap, but it's closer than not leaving a tip regardless of service. Uh, calculating your part of a group bill down to the cent. So you're you're having dinner with four or five people, and you split it up right down to the penny. Is that cheap or frugal? Oh, that's cheap. Just cheap. Yeah. Go go to the nearest dollar, even five bucks. Closer call, but it's fifty two percent say cheap. But you're right. Yeah. So so far, you guys are doing really well with this. Lengthening the longevity of soap by diluting soap bottles with water. You know those bottles of soap, and it gets to the bottom, and you yeah. know. You put a little water in there just to get the last little bit. Is that cheap? To, to or get frugal? the last little bit, I say that's frugal. I'm gonna go with frugal. That's yeah. frugal. I've, I've done that. So. I do it as well, and I think that's frugal because you know the thing doesn't get that bottom little bit. The straw doesn't reach quite to the bottom, and you put a little water in there and you use. Now, when I do yeah, it at it, home, I do it at home, and I come home and it's in the garbage. My wife goes, <laughs> "What are you doing?" Right. 
So she obviously thinks it's cheap. I think it's frugal. It's it's a closer call on this one. Number one answer, 49% say cheap. So oh. most people, 49% say it's cheap. But I agree. I think it's frugal. It's frugal. Regifting, cheap or frugal? Um, what is the gift? Does, doesn't matter. Regifting <laughs> anything. Let's say Eric gave me this coffee cup. And I said, that's a nice coffee cup, but I already got one. I'm going to give that to Jeff on your birthday. I'm re-gifting my coffee cup. Is that frugal or cheap? That is, I want to say cheap. I'm going to go frugal. But, but it's frugal because like, if you don't have any need for it or use yeah. to it, it, it's better than throwing it in the garbage. So no, actually, frugal. I'm going frugal. I think a lot of people do that. I think you're right. I think that's kind of frugal. If it's a night, I mean, you don't want to give something that's used, right? But if it's a new item and you're re-gifting it, I think that's frugal. But no. Number one answer in this survey of 2,000 people, 44% cheap. They say it's cheap. Here's another one. Always tipping 15% even if the service is outstanding. So you might have an incredible night. The waiter, the server is fantastic. You only tip 15%. That's it, even though it's outstanding service. Is that cheap or frugal? Uh, cheap. Those servers are working hard. Yeah, they are working hard. I want to say, meet me. I, I never, I, I tip 20% all the time, but. Uh, so you, you never go higher than 20. If, if somebody gives you average service or an incredible service, you always give 20? No, uh, I, my haircuts, I always give way more than 20%. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know what? Okay, I'm going to say it's cheap. I'm going to say it's cheap. Number one answer, cheap, 41%. Yeah, 41% say it's cheap because people say 15 sort of the average. But if somebody gives you outstanding service, you should give more. If you don't, 15%, that's it. You're cheap. Okay, at least number one answer, 41%. Eating food, here's one my wife's going to laugh at as I read this. Eating food a few days past its expiry date. Is that cheap or frugal? Oh, uh, see, my, my, my mother is one of those people who, yep. you know, it could be like milk could be like a week past mm-hmm. and, oh, it's still good. Yeah. Drink it. I do that all the time. I, I, it's me, a best me, before, it's a bet. Well, they're saying expiry date. So maybe they're, maybe that's different. I, I look at it as a best before, before date, date. Yeah. And I think as long as it's, you know, it's. Okay, it's that's, that's frugal. I'm going to say it's frugal, but uh, I always have a hard time, you know, especially when it's milk, you know, got to do the sniff yeah. test. Eat it. What do you think, Eric? I think my dad does that sometimes, and I, I really get on him for being cheap about it. So Okay, so you say cheap? Yeah. You're right. Number one answer, cheap, 35%. Oh. But I think it's frugal. I think it's frugal, yeah. I, if there's nothing wrong with it, why wouldn't you eat it past its expiry date or, or best before date? Uh, another one here. Declining to be a part of rounds at the bar. So everybody's at the bar. You're having drinks. I got this round. Next person takes their turn. You go, you know what? Leave me out of the rounds. I'll buy my own. Is that cheap or frugal, Eric? Cheap. That is cheap. Number one answer, 35%. Yeah, I agree with that, too. Yeah, I think so, too. If you're out with everybody, play along, right? Uh, Here's another one. Keeping outdated or worn-out electronics that barely work. Frugal or cheap? Keeping outdated or worn-out electronics that barely work. Cheap. Cheap. Frugal. I have some electronics I keep around. I agree with you. Frugal, and that is the number one answer, 39%. Oh, no. Yep, 39%. Uh, let me see. How many more have I got here? I got a couple more here. Uh, I like doing these because these – so you understand where, like, a couple I've – I'm – I'm saying that's okay, and they're saying it's cheap. Sure. Of course, you're you're you know this is two thousand people, so it's the majority. Your number one answer, right? Yeah. Um, buying no name electronics is that frugal or cheap? Frugal. It's getting the job done. 
That's frugal. Yeah, frugal. frugal. 51%. Number one answer. Only having alcohol at home. Frugal or cheap? Well, that's cheap. Cheap. Frugal, they say. 50, 51% really? number one answer. Well, I, I understand pre-gaming, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right, a couple more here quickly because we got the sports doctor standing by. Watching movies at home instead of in the theater, is that frugal or cheap? Frugal. 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 Yeah, 61% say frugal. Regularly tracking the home thermostat. Frugal or cheap? Cheap. Cheap. That's frugal. Oh, yeah, that is frugal. It is. uh, 61% (laughs) frugal. I I would agree with that. I know some people will go, what are you doing? But I think that's frugal. You're just keeping an eye on your your hydro bill. Uh, Shopping at a secondhand clothing store. Frugal or cheap? Oh, that's frugal. Frugal. That is frugal. Yes, sixty-three percent. Buying off-brand food products, so no-name food uh, food products. Frugal or cheap? Frugal. 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 Sixty-five percent. Yep. Buying clothes at a low-cost department store like Walmart, for example. No, oh, frugal. 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 Sixty-seven percent. Two more. Regularly tracking electricity use. Frugal or cheap? Frugal. Yeah. Try and save the environment. I agree. Seventy yeah. percent. That's kind of like the thermostat one. And one more. Last one here. Seeking out deals or coupons for all purchases. For all purchases. Trying to use a coupon whenever you can. Well, it's frugal, but that's time. It takes a lot of time. It takes to too that. much time, yeah. but it is frugal. You're right. 72%. So there you go. So a couple of questions 204, 780, 6868. Maybe you've got an example for me. Maybe you've got a question like that for me, and I'll tell you what I think. 204, 780, 6868, hal at cgob.com. Questions Are you frugal? Or is cheap more accurate? Would your partner agree with that assessment? I think there are times I think I'm being frugal, and I think my wife Jackie thinks I'm being cheap. Do you like being in a relationship with a cheapskate? If you are, let me know. Maybe you're with a cheap person or a frugal person. Do you like it, or does it make you crazy? 216. Hal Anderson on CJOB. And it's 2.20. Haven't talked to the sports doctor, Dave Patrician, for a long time, so I thought we'd get him on today and have a chat. Hello, Dave. How are you, Hal? Excellent. So are you cheap or frugal? I've known you for many years. I would say you are frugal. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I mean, I was laughing at some of the ones that the examples you were getting, like reusing the coffee filter. Like, I mean, that, that, I think that that's cheap. It's always using your yeah. underwear if you don't have a coffee filter, too. You, know, so. <laughs> you have never used your underwear as a coffee filter. Not, Give me a I break. Don't, I don't know where I got that idea from. <laughs> <laughs> You're an idiot. All right, so the Sports Doctor Dave Patrician, you can find him on Twitter, at the Sports Doctor, at the Sports Doctor. Let's uh, talk about uh, Coach Gale with uh, Valor FC. Are you excited about the soccer coming to town, Dave? You know what? It, it's any time that, uh, that 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 there's something new and shiny that I, I like it for a while. Like that's for sure. Yeah. I got to tell you, I'm not the biggest soccer fan in the world, but mm-hmm. I am interested in what's going to happen at Investors Group Field next year. Because you know what? Because I really have no connection to any of these teams in the World Cup. I mean, my, there's no Ukraine playing, right? So, <laughs> right. You know. But so, but but when you have something of your own, I mean, I remember I went to I went to games before. I went to, I went to basketball games. When we had the the Winnipeg uh, Thunder and right. things like that. Like yep. so so yeah. You know what? And, and I read this guy's pedigree, and uh, one of these first things is going. This guy should be coaching at a much, much higher level. Right. I I think we're lucky to have him. Yeah. Well, actually, let me play a real short clip here of Coach Gale. Here we go. You will not find someone more passionate about soccer in Manitoba than me. I will give everything I can to make this team 
a team we can all be proud of. And you know what? I love the, you know, they're going to have Winnipeg and Manitoba players on the team. It's going to be about Winnipeg and Manitoba. I like this. Yeah, I'm excited too. I mean, I go to Saskatoon a lot on business, and they have a, a lacrosse team there, and uh, and that's made up of uh, basically kind of part timers, for for lack of a better word. These guys basically fly into town Fridays and Saturdays and have games, and when they have away games, but there's a real connection to the people because they're kind of blue collar guys, and 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 we're not going to have superstars in this league. I mean, sorry, the league will create superstars, but we're not attracting uh, anybody. Like, you know, we're not, David Beckham's not coming to Winnipeg. Right. You know, that, so so this is going to be something that, that's going to grow. And I think just like soccer, when little kids play, it's that grassroots level. And this yep. is what it seems like here, too. So it's exciting for next year. It's exciting. I'm, I'm excited for next year. Yeah. No, I and I know you love going to Gold Eyes games. And, you know, yep. you go to the Jets games. You love the Bombers. You've been on the board of directors at the Bombers in the past. And so, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's exciting to see uh, Valor FC games uh, coming to town, and uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I am too. I, it, it, it's going to be really neat. It's a, just another excuse, and another. You know, when you have the when you have summer, it's another excuse to get out too. Yeah, right, exactly. And I think uh, you know, the more nights you can put butts in the seats over at IGF or uh, Bell MTS Place or, or wherever it is, I think it's uh, it's good for Winnipeg and, and good for Manitoba. Coach's show. Let's switch to football here. Coach's show. Coach O'Shea and Bob Irving the other night, Monday night here on CJOB. And of course, we knew Monday we were talking a lot about it during the day that you know, will uh, anybody bring up the quarterback controversy to Coach O'Shea? Here's one of the calls that Coach O'Shea got on Monday night. Really tough decision with Matt coming back, but I know that you're a, you're a loyal coach. Yeah, it's you, not tough. You, it's not really tough. Yeah, it's he's going back in. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Twenty three wins in the last two years. <laughs> of course, he's going back in. I mean, you know, the kid's playing great. And let me just play one other clip. I thought this was great from the coach's show on Monday night. Uh, Durant came up on Monday night with Coach O'Shea and Bob yeah. Irving here on CJOB. Have you considered sending? Uh, like some chocolates and some flowers and a, maybe a big fruit basket and a thank you note to Darian Durant. <laughs> That's a, I, I won't comment on that. <laughs> I think that that is certainly in order uh, I've got... at this point because I'm pretty sure we don't see this kid at all, Mr. Streveler, if Mr. Durant doesn't make his fairly last-minute decision. So thank you, Mr. Durant, wherever you are. I, I'm very appreciative of your decision and the timing of it. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on Strevler. He's been great, I think. Yeah, and you know, and the and the uh, the caller to to Coach O'Shea, uh, he, he, a, lot, a lot of humor in there, but he's spot on because yep. Strevler would never got a chance. No, if if Darian Durant was a backup, it's just because Strevler would have been like he's fourth on the depth chart because you know Alex Ross got injured and uh, and this guy and, and I'm 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 super impressed. Twenty three yep. years old, yeah, and and just just the poise and listening to him like he. Like sometimes in the past, and, and you know we've had a lot of bad quarterbacks in the Winnipeg Blue Bombers probably the last twenty years. There's been some guys, and you know sometimes these guys when they're interviewed they look like they're they're, they're deer caught in the headlights. Yeah. But this guy has confidence. He and and just even guys like veterans like Weston Dressler saying how how impressed or how much he has the control of the team in the huddle, and that comes from a guy being just so confident in his abilities. We've watched him, and and what I like is I think they should have stuck him in for a couple more yards. He could have got a hundred yards rushing on Friday night against yeah. Montreal. Yeah. And we, 
and we got a we got a tougher. We, everybody knows it's going to be tougher this week uh, mm-hmm. going into Hamilton. Yeah. Um, but this is, the, but I think this is the true test. I mean, the first time with uh, Stabler uh, with the um, the lightning and all the stuff that was going on and yeah. like, starting and restarting the game and and then you know Montreal, for lack of a better word, is a terrible football team. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, we, and we just beat them up, and the, and the, and that's good. And you need games like that for your confidence. However. Yeah. No, the the focus has to be on Hamilton because Hamilton is a very good football team. It's it's well coached and there's been a great, great, great last last season aside in the last couple of years. But I mean, these guys seem to be on track. And then we got to look ahead to the seventh for the home opener against the BC Lions, and that's going to be fun too. But I think, I really do think, I'm just looking at my football pool picks right now, and I've got Winnipeg. Boom, we're going to win. We're going to win on Friday night. There you go. Hope so. Hey, uh, Dave, thanks for doing this. We'll uh, make sure we have more time next time. No problem. Dave Patrician, the sports doctor, joining us on Twitter. You can find him at the sports doctor. By the way, if you want to follow me on Twitter, at Hal Anderson, you can uh, find me on Facebook, Hal Anderson, Hal Anderson Productions, my website, halanderson.ca. I'm everywhere. We're going to break for the news at 2.30 next. All right. Thank you, TFJ. 2.32. By the way, Tristan, I am getting uh, some text messages from a listener by the name of Chris at 204-780-6868. You might want to come take a look. Some interesting cloud formation, maybe a bit of weather. Uh, Looks like one's out in the Gimli area and Hmm. another one by Inwood. So you might want to take a look at this. Uh, We're not seeing anything in the forecast, but Chris is certainly taking pictures of some interesting clouds out there. I saw a report actually on Facebook. Somebody posted a picture of a funnel cloud uh, near Killarney earlier Mm. today. So sometimes on certain days you can get what they call these cold core funnels. Mm. So what happens is that can depend on the air currents. They're not, generally speaking, they don't touch the ground. And if they do, it's usually weak tornadoes. Right. But yeah, if the conditions are right, you can sometimes see these things. All right. That is uh, our news guy, but also a storm chaser extraordinaire, Tristan Field-Jones here on CJOB. All right, we're going to talk about cyberbullying now, and uh, joining us on the phone to talk about it is the president of Canadian Public Affairs at Ipsos, Mike College. Mike, thanks for doing this. How are you today, Hal? Excellent, great. So tell me about this cyberbullying information you've got for us today. So um, we we did a global study in in around 25, 26 countries, and we asked people about their awareness of cyberbullying, um, have they heard about it, seen about it lately? Um, and we asked about the incidence of cyberbullying. And, and if there's a, it's, it's mostly, I would say, not good news. You know, if there's a little bit of good news, it's that uh, awareness is up, more people are talking about it. Uh, 85% of Canadians said they're aware, up about five points uh, from 2011. But what we hope with these kind of issues is that as people get more aware and get more engaged, we start to see them be addressed and incidents come down. And we, we quite frankly haven't seen that. It was 31% who said, I know of a child uh, in 2011, and it said 32% today. Um, and it was 18% in 2011 said that their child had been bullied at, in some way, shape, or form, and it's at 20% today. So while awareness has gone up a little bit, um, we haven't seen a decline in the number of uh, children uh, being cyberbullied. You know, uh, polling is is always really interesting to me uh, because you see where awareness is increasing on a problem like cyberbullying and you think, oh, people are more aware. But I wonder if you see that number go up because it's happening more and that's why people are more aware. Anything to that? Well, it it could be that, 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 you know, it's usually they they go hand in hand. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's happening more and people see it more. 
Other times it's, you know, awareness creates other awareness and other people say, well, if they're going to talk about it, then I'll start to talk about it. Uh, but generally, you know, with all social issues, you first have to become aware that there's a problem, sure. want to address it, and then you start to see, you know, um, um, regulations, rules, efforts kick in to sort of sort of move on and uh, and try to and bring it down, and that hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. So it's a growing problem. Did you look at anything else? Uh, any uh, ask people about solutions or we we didn't ask people about solutions, but we asked where it was occurring, and you know, sixty eight percent said it's happening in in social media, thirty four percent said on mobile devices, and sixty eight percent said you know my, it's happening to children. Uh, because of a, a, a classmate. So it's, you know, it's carrying on from what used to happen in or still happens in the schoolyards, but it's carrying on and being taken on with people. Um, in addition, you know, three quarters of Canadians said that not enough being done, that there needs to be more attention, that current measures aren't sufficient. So so there is a desire to see something done and, and, and uh, hopefully we'll start to see a, sort of a, a multifaceted approach. You know, it's not just any kind of social change is, is more than just addressing it in the schools and laying out regulations at the education level. Uh, needs to be something with parents, something with children on both sides of the coin, uh, something with the social media platforms, you know, uh, both to raise awareness and, to, and help people address the issue. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, whenever we talk about bullying, uh, you know, somebody in my early 50s like me, I say, man, I couldn't imagine being a kid now because at least when I was a kid, if it happened at school, you went home and you got a break, right, overnight or, or, on, or on the weekend. But now with uh, the Internet, social media, uh, it's 24-7 for these kids. It's 24-7, and, and, and I suspect it's often hidden as well, right? You know, when it happened in the schoolyards, uh, I'm in my, my early 50s too, so when it happened in the schoolyards, uh, teachers saw, other kids saw. Uh, so now it happens in the schoolyards, but then it goes home and it happens uh, uh, quietly. And, you know, and if parents aren't uh, in tune with their kids' social media and they aren't uh, having those open conversations, uh, kids may be experiencing this, a lot of this by themselves. Yeah, and I think, too, with cyberbullying, you see this with adults, with grown-ups. It's not just a kid thing anymore. Cyberbullying now can happen to, you know, somebody in their early 50s like us, Mike. Yes, and we and we focus very clearly in this study on, on, on children, but mm. I've seen other data, and, and obviously the numbers are higher. The, the more you open it up into the population, more people say, yes, it's happening to myself and happening to others I know. Mike, thanks a lot for doing this. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day. All right. Talk to you soon. Mike College, President of Canadian Public Affairs at Ipsos. Cyberbullying, a growing problem. It certainly is. Uh, maybe you want to talk about that. 204-780-6868. Hal at cjob.com. Maybe you're seeing some weather, like Chris. Certainly let us know. 204-780-6868. Hal at cjob.com. I just sent this out to everybody here at CJOB and over at Global, wondering if anybody knows what this is. Cindy sent in a text message. Hey, Hal, just wondering if anyone knows what those loud bangs were northwest of the city. Heard it three or four times around noon to about 1.30. Loud boom, then a puff of smoke. Looked like maybe toward the Rosser area. Thanks, Cindy, for letting us know, and uh, we'll see if there's anything to that. We'll see what we can uh, possibly find out for you. Uh, text messages getting lots. Let's uh, take a minute here to answer some of them. I've got a minute, so let's get on that. Um, no name on this one, I don't believe. A uh, person says, uh, Hal, I'm not going... Oh, this is uh, reasons why you may not be going to the U.S. Uh, Hal, not going to the U.S., 
Our dollar is tanking and the exchange rate sucks. Business and investment leaving Canada. I support all Trump is doing minus his trade follies. A trade war not good for anyone. Yeah. And uh, we talked to Amber McGookin, one of our global news reporters down in Fargo, getting ready for that Donald Trump rally tonight at 7 o'clock down there. And uh, I mentioned to her, and maybe you want to weigh in on this, 204-780-6868 or hal at cjob.com. But I know a lot of people now are saying, you know what, I'll pass. Not just because of the exchange rate, but they're also saying, I don't want the guys at the border snooping through my phone, for example. Right? That's one thing. Or, you know what, I don't support Trump and the Trump administration and some of the stuff he's doing, so I'm not going to go and support their economy. I'd be curious to know... If that's how you're feeling, 204-780-6868, hal at cjob.com. We were talking about Portage and Maine and what we should do there. Here's a listener that says, Hal, we should be putting more effort into our riverbanks and river access. Most river cities have waterfront hotels, bars, and shops. The Forks is not big enough. We utilize our rivers to their if we if we utilize our rivers to their potential, there are miles and miles of rivers in our city. Here's one on Portage and Maine. 14 million opening Portage and Maine or spending it on the homeless and poverty. It's a no-brainer. No mayor would want that for a legacy. And that's why I think a lot of people have a problem with Bowman's plan to open up Portage and Maine. Here's somebody suggesting, what about a skywalk at Portage and Maine? Connect the four corners. I've heard a lot of people say that, you know, maybe we should connect the corners above as opposed to uh, at street level. Dave at 204-780-6868 says, how with so many running for mayor now, Bowman's chances are better. I guess Dave's getting at the fact that maybe, uh, you know, the vote is is being split up and, and Bowman will have an easier time. Yes, but I don't think any of the candidates right now have that name recognition that is uh, is necessary. So I think you're you're probably right. Bowman at this point is is safe, but I think if somebody were to come in, fight him on Portage and Maine, and I'm better at spending your money than Bowman is, and there's name recognition with that candidate, I think uh, you know maybe somebody might have a shot at knocking off uh, Bowman. Here's another one uh, from a listener. Although it will never happen, Hal, you're an awesome and frugal guy, and you would make an awesome and frugal mayor. Well, isn't that nice? I don't think that's uh, <laughs> no. Uh, here's Ron at 204-780-6868. Just pulled into a rest stop half an hour ago north of Fargo. Uh, pulled out of Fargo shortly after 1.30, and the 35 minutes it took me to get here, I met no less than 15 or so state patrol vehicles going south. Couldn't figure out at first why until your report on Trump going to Fargo. I guess they're heading there to provide extra security. Now, will that security be there to protect Trump or will it be there to protect the people of Fargo from Trump? <laughs> Good one. Thank you. And Tim. Uh, Tim asking a question here about frugal or cheap. Tim says, Hal, if you take a lady out on a date, but you're so broke you don't tip, are you frugal or cheap? I don't know. That's a tough one. Um, I would say you are, you're frugal because you want to take her out, but you can't afford the tip 
but maybe you're cheap. I don't know. You're not you're not out and out cheap, but uh, I don't know. Maybe I'd let you off the hook there. I, I, w- I would sure. say save the money. Yes. Go to the grocery store. Uh-huh. Take her out on a picnic. Make her a picnic. Take her out dinner. Yeah. Whatever. That's very good, Jeff Forte. See, not just the producer of the show. Oh no, Jeff. Uh, he contributes as well. And just before we take a break, Brad on the phone wanting to talk about going to the USA. Hi, Brad. Hey there. How's it going? Good. Good. Uh, the girlfriend and I are taking off July 21st for eight days down to Mount Rushmore on the motorcycle, so it's not stopping us. Now, uh, so you're going across the border, the, the dollar doesn't bother you, Trump, uh, his policies, the trade war, none of that stuff's bothering you, eh? Well, I wouldn't say it's not bothering me, but it's not affecting me either. Like, um, um, I'm not going to stay home because of him. Like, uh, we, we planned this for uh, quite a while. Mm. And and we also took out a, uh, or we also got American American money accounts kind of thing. Right. <clears throat> so having said that, uh, the money just comes off your check right into the account, and it's just a little bit easier. You don't have to really see that exchange rate that much, but sure. it adds up a little bit yeah. fast. Yeah. Let me ask you another question, Brad. Going across the border, what if they say, let me see your phone? How do you feel about them snooping through your phone, which they now can do? Not taking it. Not taking your phone. No, the girlfriend's taking hers. She's got a son, and uh, no, I'm not taking mine. Yeah, I don't take mine on holidays. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for calling, Brad. I appreciate it. You're welcome. All right. And Clay wanting to comment on frugal or cheap. Clay, go ahead. Hey, how? So I am proud to be very frugal, mm-hmm. and I've uh, been I've been been with my wife for, for seven years, and she <clears throat> she was a spender. I mean, she didn't care about you know, what the price of a, a grocery item was or whatever the case may be. Right. Well, she she has come around, and she gets a huge kick when when she gets a bargain. Yeah. So so she uh, she loves us being frugal. Good for you. Yeah, it is exciting when you can get a good deal or, yeah, it's fun. I, I agree. I don't think there's anything wrong with being frugal. Does she think you're cheap? You say you're frugal. Does she think you're cheap or frugal? No. Oh no, no, absolutely not. No, no. She she admires how I um how I spend time uh you know trying to save money. You know what? Are you familiar with that Flip app? With which app? Flip. Flip. L I P P. Is that the one that uh, has the uh, uh, the flyers? Yes. Yeah. It is. It it's changed my honest to goodness. It has changed my life. Huh. It is. It is such a neat tool, and you know what? I don't get flyers delivered anymore. I get, yeah. I get a big note on my mailbox, so I'm saving, you know, I'm helping the environment. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a win-win. All right. Well, listen, Clay, I appreciate the call. Thanks a lot. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll talk about all this stuff, anything you want to talk about. One more quick call. Bill just called in about going to the U.S., crossing the border. Let's talk to Bill, and then we'll break. Hi, Bill. Yes. Uh, we'll refuse to go to the States because of, Mr. Trump, uh, dead set against his NAFTA, his tariffs, his policies are killing us uh, in agriculture here. Uh, we have been neighbors and friends, uh, have done business previously, but I had an opportunity this spring to do business with a consulting firm out of the States and flat out told them I will not do business with an American company. So just a little bit of a stand that we're taking to try and protect Canada and stand up for our rights. So. And how much did that cost you, Bill, that decision not to do business with them? 
uh, well, they were going to charge me 1200 U.S. for that particular uh, service that they were providing. But, uh, you know, the um, livestock um, um, production that goes to the states, uh, they need us as much as we need them. But yeah. I think it's time that we stand up and look for alternative markets and not rely on them so much. It is far, far too... Um, uh, uh, easy for them to put tariffs on and ignore the truth and the facts. Uh, the man has been known to use uh, false truths. So uh, I think that it's time that we stand up as Canadians and look for alternative places to do business. So I think a lot of people would agree with you. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, we've got a break. 247, Hal Anderson at CJOB. All right, 2.52, the news coming up here at the top of the clock. Tristan Field-Jones is standing by. I'm not sure if you uh, uh, heard Kathy Kennedy in for Jeff Courier today. She was talking with Historica Canada about this new survey of theirs, and I want to talk with a teacher about it, Greg Shedden. He teaches over at Sisler High School. Greg, thanks a lot for doing this. Appreciate it. No problem. So do you teach history over at Sisler, or what do you teach? Uh, well, I, te- yeah, I teach the history. I'm department head for social sciences. I teach the grade 11 history, both the regular and enriched. Okay, perfect. You're the guy I want then, because uh, Historica did this uh, survey, and mm-hmm. it's on Canadian history. Questions like, uh, true or f- let me ask you this one. Maybe you know the answer. True or false? Hockey player Paul Henderson, hero of the 1972 Summit Series, was born on a sleigh in Lake Huron. Well, I cheated. I you, know you, the answer. Okay, you know the answer. <laughs> so you know, that, yeah. you know that that is true. Uh, what, right. what Historica found out that on average, Canadians on average got 13 out of 30 questions right. Does that surprise right. you? No, it doesn't. But and it's for two reasons. One, because uh, well, my I'm 60. My generation was raised on American television, right? Uh, and this, you know, younger generations they're getting away from um, the normal television and going into sort of internet, uh, social media, and other sources. And CBC and CTV, the presentation of Canadian history is often very, very dry. Mm. And so so it's not attractive. When you think of Americans and they know that uh, George Washington chopped down a cherry tree, even though it's a myth, or that, you know, Abe Lincoln cut logs or whatever they... What we know more about American trivia, American history, because of our our media. Yeah. So when I say Canadian history is boring compared to American history, I'm wrong when I say that. It's about presentation. Oh, big time, big time. I'm talking to Canada's 34th greatest Canadian right <laughs> now, and how many people know that, right? Right. But in my in my class. And and I often say to students, history can't be boring because history is everything. Mm. And so in our our study of Canadian history, we talk about the fact that Margaret Trudeau admitted to doing um, uh, marijuana while she was the prime minister's wife. We talk about the the concept or idea that perhaps um, Samuel de Champlain uh, may have been homosexual. We talk about I even used the um, movie Ice Age at the beginning of, uh, of my unit to talk about the Bering Land Bridge theory. But it's about, it's about realizing that history can't be boring because history is 
I mean, any war, any assassination, any anything that's occurred is is history. It's just that somehow I think Canadian historians or Canadian history teachers have often thought that if we present the the more sort of the shocking or whatever the term is yeah. that we we somehow we're not making history important enough or we're not we're somehow diminishing it like the somehow making it dry makes it more academic and i just don't buy that yeah and uh, and i think you're right it is about presentation and i think when i went to school i found history boring uh, because yeah. of the way it was presented, and when he, when I hear you talk about how you present Canadian history now to your students, I go, well, yeah, that would be much more interesting to listen to. So that's, I think, that's a, a, a real glimmer of of positivity and hope. Yeah. Well, as the as you maybe noticed in the in the Historica findings, one of the things they said is that Manitoba and Saskatchewan were ahead of most of the other provinces. So maybe we have more exciting teachers. There you go. And it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure chatting with uh, a very, obviously a very exciting teacher. Greg, thanks a lot. Well, thank you. I want to keep, I want to keep your number because I didn't have enough time with you here today and I want to have more conversations with you. You sound like a fun guy. Okay. Well, thank you for that. Excellent. All right. Greg Shedden, teacher over at Sisler, joining us here today. We got a break for the news at three. It's Hal Anderson on CJOB. All right. We're talking about all kinds of stuff here today. We're talking about Trump and Fargo. We're talking about the difference between frugal and uh, and cheap. We had a big, long list of uh, examples, and some were frugal, some were cheap. Let's go to the phone here. I think Dave's on the phone, 204-780-6868. Hello, Dave. Hello there, buddy. How are you? I'm all right. Love your show. Thanks. Answer this question. It's Dredge, Dave. Yeah. Um, frugal or cheap? How about a guy that's been wearing the, at the beach the same purple pants with blue patches over blue patches yeah. with a blue sweater over and over for the last 25 years, the same clothes. Yeah, he's a beautiful cottage, and he drives a brand-new uh, Honda van. Yeah. Now, is that frugal or cheap? I would say probably cheap, but I understand wearing ratty clothes at the cottage. I get that. So it's probably mostly cheap with a bit of frugal. For that many years? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Very well, known, very well known for it, Hal. Have All a right. great day. Thanks, buddy. And Jason. Hi, Jason. Hey, Hal. How you doing? Good. Listening to your show, and I yeah. hear a lot of callers blaming... Trump for the situation Canada is being put in with the tariffs and the trade, uh-huh. and I'm just I'm just wondering why are they not uh, directing some of their attention towards Trudeau? I think he's done a poor job representing our interests with Trump. Really, eh? I I think he's been pretty good to be honest with you. And I'm not the biggest Justin Trudeau fan, but I think he's handled things fairly well. How do you handle Trump? I mean, he's a bit of a loose cannon, isn't he, Jason? I wouldn't say he's a loose cannon. We've known about Trump since 2016, Mm -hmm. two years now. We've known his policies. We've known his rhetoric. And finally, once he's elected, he's starting to act on those promises and he's trying to put his country first, America. Yeah. That's what he was elected to do. Right. So now we need someone that's going to stand toe-to-toe with him and put Canadian interests first. Right. We know, we've known Trump was going to do this for a long time. We have to stop acting shocked. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Okay, Jason, appreciate the call. Hmm. All right, Jason, thank you for uh, hanging on and saying goodbye. I guess he made his point and he hung up. 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. Getting some text messages on Mr. Trump and the Americans and whether or not people are uh, crossing the border and supporting that economy after the way Trump has been treating us when it comes to trade. Uh, somebody here says, uh, been planning and saving to go to Disney in Orlando for five years. No way I'm not going. Won't let the kids down like that. And, that, and that's fine. I'm just asking. I'm just curious. Uh, another one here. Stop selling the states are oil and hydro. Yeah, that would probably get their attention. Eh? Uh, we had a bill call in a while ago, and this texter is saying, Bravo, Bill, that called in. I will not be planning any vacations to the states while Trump is in office. I am also making a point of not buying products of the USA. I'm patiently waiting for BC Cherries and Boonstra Farm Strawberries. That one's from Trina. Uh, Mike says, not going to the U.S. I'm more, uh, oh, uh, sorry, question mark. Not going to the U.S.? I'm more worried about them coming here after October 17th. Yeah, we may get, uh, you know, some action at the border, eh? People coming across the border looking for uh, recreational marijuana. And uh, one more here on uh, the Historica survey of Canadians. Apparently, we suck when it comes to Canadian history. And Jacob says, hey, Hal, uh, not only did we not get taught a lot of Canadian history in school, but a huge number of Canadians are newer citizens and know more about the countries they moved here, uh, know more about this country sorry, know more about their countries than their new home. I think I got that right, Jacob. Anyhow, thank you for the text message, 204-780-6868. Hal at CJOB.com. we got a break for traffic here, 314. Hal at CJOB. All right, uh, i got a few minutes here. Let me see, what have we not got to yet here today? Da-da-da. Oh, uh, further to the Historica Canada uh, thing where we kind of, suck when it comes to uh, uh, Canadian uh, history, Canadian trivia. Kathy Kennedy talked to Bridget Dowzak from Historica. I want to play a couple minutes of their conversation earlier. Kathy Kennedy filling in again today for Jeff Courier here on CJOB. Uh, 38% of Canadians did a pass grade. Um, so it's really good. It's, it's really not that bad when you think about it throughout Canada. And what one of the really great facts was the 18 to 34 actually performed better with 41 pass. And the uh, 35 to 54 at 34 pass, and the 50 plus at 40% pass. Wow. So that was really interesting to see that the 18 to 34 were actually doing good on these questions. So, now, what do you attribute that to? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we asked that question and some people were like, well, maybe they came out of school not too long ago, so they remembered their history facts. I just think that social media has all sorts of crazy little facts available and people that are younger are more available on social media and they might see these little quirky facts pop up more often. Uh, so what is your takeaway after seeing all these results? <laughs> 
I think um, I think one of the things we really liked about this was to uh, to kind of give Canadians a, a little something before Canada Day um, that they could kind of play with and and ask and talk about. And did you know this fact? I heard this on the radio. Um, and we just learned that Canadians actually do know um, fairly well uh, what they know about. Canada is, is actually pretty good. And actually, another little fact is uh, Manitoba and Saskatchewan actually did the best uh, throughout Woo-hoo! the country at yeah. 47%. So congratulations. Well done. All right, there you go. That's Kathy Kennedy in for Jeff Courier earlier today talking to Historica Canada's Bridget Dowzak. Um, I don't know, you know, uh, Kathy was kind of clapping there and uh, Bridget was saying we didn't do that bad, but I think those numbers are low. That, that was my initial reaction anyhow. I, I don't know. I think we should, we should I know we don't, but we should uh, know more than that. That's just kind of my initial thought when I saw the numbers, but I don't know. Uh, I see that uh, West Nile virus has been found in Winnipeg. No cases of the disease in humans have been reported yet anywhere in Manitoba. Province says the risk of exposure to mosquitoes with the virus will increase in the coming weeks if weather conditions remain warm and dry. They say you can reduce your risk of being bitten by an infected mosquito by minimizing time outside between dusk and dawn using mosquito repellent and wearing light-colored, loose-fitting clothing. It's also a good idea to make sure door screens are in good shape and to prevent standing water from accumulating around your home. Now, I don't think the mosquitoes have been bad here yet. I'm sure they'll get worse because we've certainly been getting a bit of rain over the last week or week and a half. But I see that in Regina, insect repellent is flying off store shelves after the mosquito numbers in that city, in Regina, are three times higher than the historical average for this time of the year. Apparently, Regina's mosquito population is booming because of standing water left after a major downpour earlier on this month. So there you go, getting back to the standing water, right? Make sure you take care of that standing water in your yard or on your property, and it might help with the mosquito problem and directly uh, help with the West Nile problem as well.